Hi, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding. And welcome back to another episode of Animation and Beyond. Yes, it's been a couple weeks, but we have a unique episode in store for you today. Because this past week, in celebration of his 25th birthday, Ezra went on a special trip to Disney World, and he's going to report back for us as our episode today. Yeah, I'm really excited to share all what I did. And I'm excited to hear it, as I'm sure our listeners are too. Yeah. So, we're going to talk about Disney World, but before we get into that, we're going to do a word of the day about something that you kind of need to understand in order to understand Disney World. Right, Ezra? Right here, yeah. It's time for word of the day, new words. You can say new words for your rhymes and for your wordplay by the time you leave this video. You'll be smarter than you was before. And that word is... Audio animatronics. That's right. And that is a hyphenated word. So if anyone's getting technical, it is still kind of one word. But what is an audio animatronic, Ezra? They're figures like used on many like attractions and theme parks, such as Disney parks that appear on many rides, such, such as dark rides. Yeah, yeah. They're like robots, kind of. That are accompanied by pre-recorded sounds, audio, music, sentences, and various other noises. Yes, many attractions I went on at Disney World had audio animatronics, and many that I go to at Disneyland do. Yeah, yeah, and Disney World and Disneyland are definitely the most prominent places where a large collection of audio animatronics are used, which is super cool that you got to see that. But there have been interpretations of audio animatronics used in other places. So just before we get into the weeds here, some background. The idea of audio animatronics was pioneered by Lee Adams, who was a Disney Imagineer and was an electrician originally at a Burbank studio. Mm. And he kind of helped Walt Disney reimagine this toy bird this mechanical toy bird that he'd gotten. And they accompanied that bird's movements to some sounds. And thus, the first audio animatronic was born. And I believe that was used in the Enchanted Tiki Room, right? Yes, which was the first attraction in Disney Parks history to use animatronics. Yes, and that opened in 1963 at Disneyland. Yes, many of the previous attractions that have opened which have audio animatronics now, originally didn't, but they did get them when they did receive the overhaul for Fantasyland in 1983. That's right. And that's in part because audio animatronics over time became a lot more complex and a lot more advanced. So just like any technology, they began pretty simply. There was, you know, this what's called a mnemonic program or a mnemonic valve, where it was just a pulse of electricity that caused this valve to open and it moved the figure in a certain way and it was kind of only two positions, basically an on position and an off position. But over time, that became more complex because they were apply able to apply these separate valve systems to different limbs rather than just the whole figure. And then they were able to create hydraulic systems for larger figures and then they were able to use analog systems which i believe we've done a word of the day on analog before but they used analog systems to create more complex movements and that transitioned into using computerized animatronics 
for even more complex figures. And that became odd. Let's see if I can get this word right. Automatronics? Yeah, like animatronics they do today have have more like modern digital technology. Yeah, exactly. And they even have these things called stuntronics. Ezra, did you see any stuntronics? Hmm, I don't remember though, but... Basically, stuntronics are figures that are extremely advanced and can do crazy things like flip and twist in the air. Like there's a Spider-Man one at Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Spider-Man's a great example. So... In a nutshell, these audio animatronics went from being very simple mechanical figures to incredibly complex robotic figures that always accompany sounds to the point where they can have almost whole conversations. Right, Ezra? Yep, yep. One of the first audio animatronic attractions was great moments with Mr. Lincoln at Disneyland. And what happened in that one? It was a figure of Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the U.S., and it was educational about, like, important event in U.S. history. That's right. And so Lincoln was able to make different facial expressions to accompany the different things he said, right? Yeah. That's so cool. It also sounds like it might be a little creepy because these robots are often covered with silicone skins that sometimes can kind of degrade over time and look kind of weird. I know. Like on It's a Small World, for instance, the dolls are animatronics. Yeah, yeah, and they can be a little creepy for little kids, huh? Or on Jungle Cruise, those are animatronic animals. I used to think they were real living animals, but they're just animatronics. Ezra, can you think of other situations in which animatronics were used outside of Disney World and Disneyland? Some of the other international Disney parks, but I mean like non-Disney parks, for instance, some of the Universal attractions have those. Oh, cool. But not as many as Disney, though, but... Cool. I think I read that they're also used at Chuck E. Cheese's in some locations. Well, they, I think they stopped using them from like 2017 or 18. Oh, gotcha. But they used to be used at Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. Cool. Cool. And I know many of them are also from the former attraction, America Sings, which moved, which many of them are moved to Splash Mountain. What was America Sings again? It was featured some singing critters and animals sing some different classic American anthems. Oh, gotcha. Very cool. Anything else you want to say about audio animatronics, Ezra? It's interesting how Disney, had they've had these in different attractions and how they've come a long way for being a lot more advanced. Absolutely. And I think it's important to note that these audio animatronics alongside, you know, the breathing characters that inhabit Disneyland walking around are the things that make the Disneyland and Disney World really unique as an experience. You know, they've really put so much effort and technology into bringing Disney concepts and ideas to life, right? And and these robots, these audio animatronics, which is the trademark word for them, by the way, those are a critical part of it, right? I know. Interesting. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's move on into your trip to Disney World, Ezra. So when I went to Walt Disney World, which is all the way in Florida, I went with my dad and I also spent time with two of my cousins. Where do your cousins live, Ezra? They did grow up mostly in the city of Portland and Oregon, but they're both now living in the East Coast. I think Orly, who's the younger one of the two I was with, 
is currently in, uh, I think in college in Boston, and Dahlia is living in Washington, D.C. Very cool. And remind us where Walt Disney World is located. In uh, Lake Buena Vista, near Orlando. In Florida. Yeah. So it took like five and a half hours to fly to Florida. Cool. So not so bad. And what awaited you at Walt Disney World? What's it comprised of? Four different parks in a big resort. What are the parks? Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Disney's Hollywood Studios, and Disney's Animal Kingdom. And a couple water parks, right? Yes, and a bunch of hotels and... And I stayed in one of them called Art of Animation Resort, which was pretty cool. It had the themes of the Little Mermaid, the Lion King, Finding Nemo, and Cars. They also have Disney Springs, which is like downtown Disney here in California, but bigger. And ESPN Zone, where they people do sports competitions. Oh, cool. So this resort that you stayed in, was it animation themed? Yes, themed like four different movies. Cool. And... What did it mean to be themed that way? Like giant figures of characters, like in the pool areas. Oh, cool. And so when you first arrived there, what was the first thing you did? Got, got our reservations and rooms for at the hotel I was staying at, and then got had some breakfast and then got ready to go to Magic Kingdom. And what was the first thing you did in Magic Kingdom? It's a small world. What stood out to you about that attraction? A lot of the things and how it had a lot of same things the Disney World, Disneyland version has and some different things. Cool. But I know that the original concept behind Disney World, which opened, what, 15 years after Disneyland? Yeah, over 15 years after Disneyland opened. But the idea was started by Walt, but it opened five years after his death. That's right. And so they continued through with the idea, despite Walt Disney not being alive anymore. But the idea was to have a totally unique experience from Disneyland, right? Yeah. So how are Disney World and Disneyland different now that you've been to both? The castle is much bigger and while the one in the one in here in California is Sleeping Beauty, the one there is Cinderella. Oh, interesting. But I'm saying the castle in Dis of Cinderella is a lot bigger and taller than the one of Sleeping Beauty. Oh, cool. What other differences are there? What about in the attractions? Like, they have a lot of the same attractions Disneyland has, but a lot of them are, like, bigger than their Disneyland counterparts. Gotcha. And what does Disney World have that Disneyland doesn't? It has four different parks. Disney World has, Disneyland has two parks. Gotcha. So it sounds like Disney World is just bigger in every way. Yes, and I actually did go to Disney World once back when I was only 10 years old. Do you remember it well? Yes, I do, yeah. Cool. So on this visit, Ezra, what were some highlights? What were some things that you did that really blew your mind? Like in each of the parks, like I loved seeing characters going on a lot of rides. And when I went on them, I compared them to the Disneyland versions. And in Hollywood Studios, I went on like one of the coolest rides there, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which my dad really liked too. Ooh, was it like a roller coaster? No, it was an indoor attraction. It was a more advanced kind of a dark ride. And it replaced one of the park's original opening to get attractions, the Great Movie Ride, because Disney's Hollywood Studios was originally known as Disney's MGM Studios until 2008. Cool. And I liked going to the Toy Story area, the Star Wars area, which is just like the one here. Oh, yeah. And in Animal Kingdom, I loved going to the new Avatar area, going on Kilimanjaro Safaris, the Lion King show, and a lot of other 
exciting stuff. And in Epcot, I loved going on attractions that are still there now, like Journey to Imagination and Spaceship Earth, as well as the thing based on Binding Nemo as and also the Ratatouille and the Frozen rides there. Oh, cool. And Ezra, remind me what Epcot is. It's a high-tech and innovative futuristic kind of park. So it's designed to be more technologically advanced than all the other parks? Uh, yeah, I guess. And I did see and talk to a lot of characters who are Ariel and Tiana. At your restaurant you've been dreaming since you were a little girl? That's right, honey. Well, I think maybe he's gonna need to taste test this for the gumbo since he's making it for the first time. That's awesome. I'm so happy and to hear that and how things are going well in NOLA and following your daddy's legacy. Oh, well, thank you so much. Well, I reckon since our restaurant Last night, we went on many adventures, and you won't believe what we found. What'd you find, Ariel? A devil hopper. <laughs> and your friend Skull says people use these babies to straighten up their hair. They do, yes. And yes. how about Sebastian? Oh, well, they actually have a concert tonight, but I can't be late, or he'll be a little crabby. <laughs> how are your father and sisters? Yes, and I love talking to all the different characters like Woody and Buzz. Tiana, Ariel, Rapunzel, Elena of Avalor, um, as well as characters like Sully, Vanellope, Joy, a lot of great characters. Wow, it sounds like you talked to a ton of characters. What about audio animatronics? Did you see any of those? Well, on, yes, on many rides, like even on newer rides there, like the Frozen ride. Very cool. Were they singing Let It Go? Yeah, and all the songs from Frozen, yeah. And also on other attractions, I know like classic ones such as Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. Cool, cool. And um, also on the Country Bear Jamboree. Wait, what's that one involved? It has some bunny singing bears who sing country songs. Huh, based off what movie? Well, it's not based on a movie though, but it did inspire a movie from 2002 called The Country Bears. Interesting. You know, I think that's one of the coolest parts about Disney having so many different components to the company is that it kind of gets to take from itself and borrow and use inspiration from within its own family to create new things, whether it be a movie from an attraction or an attraction from a movie. I already did see the construction walls for uh, the Princess and the Frog ride that's going to replace Splash Mountain. Oh my goodness, but they're taking Splash Mountain away? Yes, because it's based on the Song of the South, Disney's most controversial movie. Oh, right. They already announced it for Disneyland as well, right? Yeah. I did see a bunch of shows like the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor at Magic Kingdom, Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy, Muppet Vision 3D, a Beauty and the Beast show, and a Frozen show in Hollywood Studios, and a lot of other things. It's really fun and exciting. Wow. So how long were you there in total, Ezra? For like four days. So you packed a lot in. And I did see a bit of some of the other hotels they had. Oh, yeah? Like the Contemporary Resort, the Pop Century, the Polynesian Resort. Cool. It sounds like they have a wide array of themes. Yes. If someone had never been to Disneyland or Disney World, and they told you that they were going to Disney World... And they weren't familiar with Disney very much. What would be three good rides for them to do 
in order to better understand Disney World. Classic attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean, It's a Small World, and Peter Pan and Haunted Mansion. Very cool. I agree. I think the classics would give someone a very good idea. And you know, I'm also kind of asking that question for myself because I've never been to Disney World or Disneyland outside of Hong Kong. I know that I did see the new Tron ride that's going to open in April in Magic Kingdom. That's already open, but only for guests, but will be not for guests for cast members, but will be open for guests when it opens in April. Very exciting. Tron will be a very unique experience. It's kind of different from all the other Disney rides. Yeah. Cool. I know you could talk forever about this trip, Ezra. It sounds so amazing, but we do need to wrap up this episode and move along into trivia. So is there any last words about your special 25th birthday Disney World trip? Exciting trip I will never forget. Incredible. I'm so happy you got to go. Yeah. Let's move on into trivia. We have to answer our trivia question from two weeks ago. Yeah. The trivia question was about Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Who, what recurring Disney voice actresses voiced Blora and Meriwether, respectively? And the answer is... Berna Felton, who voiced Blora, and Barbara Luddy, who voiced Meriwether. And who else, what other characters did those actresses voice? Berna Felton was a recurring Disney voice. She was very godmother in uh cinderella and also uh, mrs jumbo and dumbo queen of hearts alice in wonderland aunt sarah and lady and the tramp also Gal- eloise in a classic disney short called goliath the second and her final film role which she was posthumously in was the jungle book and interestingly she died just a day before walt disney did oh wow well it sounds like she had quite the career voicing a ton of disney characters that's super special and Barbara Luddy, she who voiced Meriwether, her first voice was Lady in Lady and the Tramp. And then Rover, a minor character in 101 Dalmatians. And then Kanga in the Winnie the Pooh movies. And then, then a couple characters in Robin Hood. Cool. So there are your answers for the last trivia question. This week, we're going to ask a trivia question about Walt Disney World. Big surprise. Yeah. In the pet cemetery right outside the Haunted Mansion at Magic Kingdom, if you look closely, what character from a former attraction in the Magic Kingdom park could you see there? If you think you know the answer because you must have been to Walt Disney World, be sure to listen in on the next episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye! Goodbye!